1: That's D-R-S-V-O-B-O-D-A. Hello and welcome to Living with Reality. I'm Paula Crossfield, your host and Dr. Saboda's media manager. This week we've selected a recent clip of Dr. Saboda talking about sadhana or spiritual practice. This concept of sadhana is something that comes up a lot in Dr. Saboda's Agora Trilogy where Vimalananda, his mentor, talks about what a spiritual practice is and what it should be. Today's clip is part of a recent talk Dr. S. gave as part of his monthly subscription. In it, he looks deeply at how dismantling white supremacy culture, for example, should be a part of our spiritual practice. As anything that comes into our world when we're a householder, that we have to deal with with urgency uh, and dismantle our belief systems around should be. So he goes into detail about that and how we can make that a part of our practice in this particular clip. The subscription is currently closed to new enrollments, but this course, which is four hours long, can be purchased at drsvoboda.teachable.com. That's D-R-S-V-O-B-O-D-A dot teachable dot com. And you can hear all that he talks about. And you can also sign up for his newsletter on his website to find out when the subscription will be open again for enrollment. We hope you enjoy this clip.
2: There was a um, rishi named Yadnyavalkya, And And um, he uh, was studying with his guru. And his guru... Um, I I guess Yadnyavalkya got a little um uh overcome with his knowledge and uh his guru got a little uh, annoyed about it and he told his um he told Yadnyavalkya to um vomit back up all the knowledge that he had been given so Yadnyavalkya vomited back up all that knowledge and the guru's other disciples turned into partridges, tittira in Sanskrit, and and ate up all that knowledge. And that version of the Veda is called the Tayat tayataraya, uh, tayataraya, And it comes from that word partridge, Tittira. Yadnalka decided I'll, I'll go get knowledge from the sun himself. And so he created the Waikanasa version. And the these two versions of the Yajur Veda are Different, they're separate from one another, so there has been because Yedniwalya felt like things needed to be done in a new and different way, and his guru felt like, no, our tradition is moving along just fine, thank you, and we have that 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 strong momentum and current in the tradition. Why should we change it so this question of tradition versus innovation has been going on for a long time, and it, it is one better than the other? Uh, no, sometimes things need to change sometimes things don't uh It's just when you're at that boundary you it's always that question and uh so that's why we try to be at that boundary and try not to we try to act at the moment when action is the right thing to do to change at that moment when change is the right thing to do. We want to make sure that we are doing things as far as possible at the right t- time and we and and it if we do things at the right time we will find that th- those things will open up they will reveal themselves to us um you may know that word apocalypse um and most people nowadays think of apocalypse as the imminent end to the world you know it's apocalyptic. The apocalypse is coming. But that word apocalypse only took on that meaning uh, less than 200 years ago. Before that, all it meant was a revelation or a disclosure. It literally came from uh, uncovering, disclosing, revealing. So it was something that was revealed that had not been um had not been evident before. So sometimes what happens is you find yourself in a situation where um, something new has come to light, and then you have to change things according to that something new. If you've ever watched The Big Lebowski, you know what I mean. Um, And I mention this because, of course, right now here in the United States, we're in the middle of an apocalypse, not an apocalypse, like it's going to destroy everything, but an apocalypse, like a revelation. And that revelation <clears throat> was available for people to become aware of, and has been available for uh, for m- decades now, maybe centuries. But it has reached a point where more of it is being revealed and more people are able to be aware of that revelation, and so in a sense, yes, it is going to be an end to the way things were before. It may not be; it may not end up in a perfect situation, but it's going to be a, a tremendous change because, and because a, a substantially increasing number of people recognize that, in fact, things cannot go on as they have been. And this itself is also a kind of sadhana. It is very much, people are recognizing that there was this implicit bias that was built into the system, and now it has been revealed. Now it has come out, and now people who might have been unable to see it before, now they are. And I'm one of those. I people are. Everyone is being able to see it better, and that's why. This revelation is having a revolutionary, transformative effect. So, this is a time when, um, when this is a a perfect time for a different not not a sadhana that is focused on yourself so much, but a sadhana that is focused on understanding the implications of how you, as an individual, have been constructed, involving your culture and your uh, and, and and your language and the way that you look at things, um, this is that moment when 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 this is the the critical sadhana to pay close attention to. Um, and and this is a basic principle of tantra and jyotish and ayurveda and everything. When the moment comes to do something, that's the time that you have to do it. Uh, you know, that Latin phrase, carpe diem, seize the day. So when the day is there and it's obvious you need to grab hold of it, then you need to grab hold of it. Um, In Ayurveda, the example that is traditionally given is, um, relates to uh, an an unhappy experience, which uh, I had several of when I was young. And thankfully, touch some sort of wood I have not had any time recently. And that it's called in English, a boil. And that does not mean something that is on the stove in a pot that is on high heat. That means a a follicle, a hair follicle in your skin that gets plugged up and gets infected and becomes very large and filled with pus. And when that happens it's very painful and it's very hot. It's very inflamed. And, um, of course at that moment, what you want to do is you want to jab a knife into it and, 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 and relieve yourself, but it has to be done at that moment when it is ripe and when it is ripe, then it is the wrong thing not to, um, not to address it so everything has to be done at the right moment so what's happened in the US is there's been a giant boil which has suddenly burst and it's very ugly blood has come out pus has come out and and we find that there's there's necrotic bone underneath it's it's something that we 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 are looking now at the depth and the breadth of the pathology in society and this is something that anyone who has been part of this society is uh, has been um, has been a part of has been implicitly complicit in and so this is something that has to be addressed right now this is the sadhana that for this country at least is is most essential right now because this is the moment, that people's darshana, their drishti, the way that they look at reality is changing and can be changed. And so this is the moment internally, each one of us has to look, and of course, this applies mainly to the US, but this applies to everybody in every country because in every country, there is an underclass. In every country, there is an underclass. That's the way that, that, uh, that that cultures tend to uh, develop, and so you everybody needs to be looking into that reality in their own their own location wherever they are and th- it's happening it had to happen here because of the legacy of slavery and segregation and suppression, but it's everybody needs to this is a perfect time for everybody to look at the way their own societies are structured and what needs to be done different in them the good thing is that this is happening without a another civil war or without some sort of extremely intense um breakdown of society so there is there is still reasonable the reason to hope that we can move forward in a positive way with this so uh I would like to bow down to the goddess Kali who of course is in charge of destroying things and sucking blood out of them. And, uh, Kali comes, you know, Sadaswati is very nice. She sits on a swan and she's playing a Vena and she has a nice book. And when that, you know, when her energy is there and when everything is nice and calm, that's great. And Lakshmi has big, has elephants and a lot of gold and that's great also. Um, but, those energies are not appropriate when you need to be lancing your boil. Then you need something, then you need an Ugra Devi. You need someone like Kali who will not stop without getting all of that poison out of the system. So, Jayma Kali. It's interesting, or I have always found it interesting, that um, that same root. Sud, from which we get sadhana also gives us the terms in Ayurveda that we use for prognosis. Um, so there are four different types of prognosis. Prognosis means if you have somebody who has a disease, then you um, want to know what is the likelihood that that disease can be cured or not? That's the prognosis. So therefore, prognoses. Sukha sadhya. Sukha in this case means easy or straightforward. So it will not be difficult to cure. Kutra sadhya. And that word kutra, which is difficult to say, literally means difficult. Kritra sadya means it's difficult. We can do it. It's going to it's going to create problems, but uh, it's not going to be easy. But we can do it. The third is yapya, and yapya means you can keep the person uh, 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 propped up, like you might prop up a building um, with with pillars or posts or poles, you can keep it propped up. It won't fall down, but it's not exactly in the great condition. If you, uh, there are several old buildings in Bombay that are propped up this way. It makes me think of Yapia whenever I'm in one of them. So you can prop things up, but that means you have to keep treating the person all the time. Otherwise, the disease will take over. And the fourth one is Asadya. Uh, the disease is incurable it's going to have a terminal effect and it would be wrong to try to treat it because what you have to do is make the patient understand that uh, getting his or her affairs in order is the right thing to do now so for a long time in this country at least our condition was that it was yapya. we were we were the the this this suppression of uh the, uh, descendants of the slaves that were brought over from Africa, they, they, it was, things were moving along and little things were done to try to ameliorate the situation and other things were done that made it worse. It was just kind of going on in the yapya direction. But suddenly, suddenly a moment has come where it has moved from being just, you know, let's It's yapya, let's continue moving ahead. Somehow it's we're stumbling, stumbling along, we're muddling through. Now suddenly it's become it's the prognosis has changed. Now it's kritra sadhya. Now it is difficult, but there is hope that in fact there may be some sort of resolution. It will probably take time. It is definitely going to not be an easy thing to do, but there is some hope of resolution because now it's come out and now people realize we can't go back to where we were and the only thing to do is go forward. And of course, this is something that in the same way that it can apply externally like it is right now, it can apply to you also. There will be points in your sadhana where you will feel like you are just getting nowhere but often all that's happening is you've reached a stage in your cocoon where you can't tell whether you're still a caterpillar or whether you become a butterfly already so the important thing to do is even though it may be difficult even though you may be disheartened keep moving forward keep opening yourself keep trying to connect to reality however difficult it may be move forward and Try to move in the direction of moksha. Now, conventionally, moksha means freedom from rebirth. That's what most people think of when they think of moksha. Dharma, artha, kama, moksha. I follow my dharma. I collect some uh, substances and and properties and things, artha. I enjoy my desires, kama. And then I try to free myself of the need for reincarnation, moksha. Bimalananda, on the other hand, said, no, what moksha really means is moham kshayati, moham kshayati iti moksha. Mo, moksha means freeing yourself of delusion. So that's what's happening right now, externally in the United States, and that's what is the purpose of sadhana? We want to become progressively freed of our delusions, um, and there's so many delusions. And it, as we're seeing right now, there are delusions. Sometimes that are the entire culture has a particular delusion, and sometimes it's it's maybe it's an entire uh, the the. Uh, 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 your family has a delusion or your the people in one location have a delusion. Human beings have had for a long time this delusion like we can expand as much as we want to and we can pollute whatever we want to and everything is, we there is no limit to anything. But of course there are limits. So that's a pan-human delusion. It's something that all humans have been deluded about. So we need to look for our delusions, we need to try to find our blind spots, remembering that blind spots are the things that are going to be the hardest to deal with, the hardest to finally get over. And of course, that's why they are blind spots. If they were not if there was something where it was going to be easy, we would not call them blind spots, we'd call them uh partially sighted spots. But we don't do that because they're blind and we have to keep working on them, even though it's not easy. And even though it is not rewarding, we don't have that dopamine flash when suddenly we have a, an experience and the angels come down and provide us with uh, uh, uh celestial uh, muffins and things like that. It is actually the, this is where the real sadhana comes. When you get down to the blind spots and you are trying to uh, you know you've you're digging digging down to them, and you've got through all the sand and the upper uh, earth, and you're now you're down at the bedrock, and you're whacking your shovel on the bedrock, and you're not getting a whole lot of result, and that's that's unfortunate, but uh, it's also essential. So that's when we have to keep moving. View your blind spots dispassionately, remain calm. Keep moving forward. Acknowledge the past mistakes. Commit to whatever mistakes you've made, you personally or implicitly or explicitly. Commit to somehow rectifying, supporting their rectification. Uh, and particularly right at the moment for um, those of us, I mean, here I am. I, I This is a time when I've been and I've, uh, I've always been aware of so many of the privileges that I've had, but I, I have all kinds of privileges. I have many, many privileges. And now is a good time for me to listen to people who have not been so privileged as I have been and to try to understand things from their perspective, which is more difficult for me to do because I haven't had their experiences. But if I never attempt to do that, then I will never at all be able to do so. So it's extremely valuable to be able to look at things in a different way. It's also good to remember that at the moment, yes, white males are are very privileged and have been privileged for the past 500 years. Before that, there were other groups that were privileged in other places. There has always been a tendency for there to be privileged groups and groups that were less privileged. And so while we are doing now that we've started on this process of trying to trying to remove that sort of concept that privilege should exist simply by virtue of birth or skin color. And it's not just that I am a white male and that's why I'm privileged. I'm privileged because I'm an American. I'm privileged because I'm educated. I'm privileged because I have enough uh, uh, en- enough assets to be able to to move around and do what I want to. There, I have so many privileges. I acknowledge those. And many people have many privileges. And it's good to be aware of that and to be aware that throughout human history, this has been the pattern. It has been the pattern that there have been privileged people, the elites of society, and they have generally tried to find ways to keep everybody else in a situation that benefits them instead of trying to use their position to benefit everyone else. And so it's absolutely what's the white and male and American and educated and affluent privilege, all this needs to be addressed but this concept of privilege in the human being needs to is even more fundamental and needs to be addressed even more fundamentally and that's what each one of us needs to do and this is why all of our ancestors require our attention not just the people in our lineage but all human beings who have ever lived and of course i mean if we're going to go to ancestors we need to think of the two leggeds, the four leggeds, the six leggeds, the eighth leggeds, everybody who's ever been alive. But let's start with the human ancestors. They all need to be appreciated for what they've done. They all need to, they all need to be aware. They need to be aware of what they may have done that was not right. They may need to be aware of the fact that um, they may have been uh, they may have been downtrodden and oppressed, and that we acknowledge them now, and we request them to 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 accept our acknowledgement and to, to assist us to try to move in the right direction, whatever that direction is. And this is an urgent part of sadhana, in my opinion, for every human being to to acknowledge that we, as a species, uh are in a. It, it was already. I mean, it a decade has already gone by and we're not even at the end of the first six months of 2020. Uh, you know, we started off the year, everything was going great. La di da di da. And all of a sudden there was the pandemic and then the pandemic. And then there was the economic crisis. And now there is the upheaval in the, uh, race relations. It's th- th- this is a moment where the human race is uh has has suddenly had all of its boils come up and um and and be lanced at one time and this is this is going to be a long process it's not going to happen in a tidy fashion but it's sudden all of a sudden um we have entered into a moment where tremendous change can happen and needs to happen and therefore What we need to do, each one of us, is commit to assisting this whole process to move forward as we remain calm, as we try to encourage everything to happen in a way that is going to facilitate the best result for everyone, including all the humans that are alive now, but all the humans who also were in the past bringing us to where we are now. So, in my opinion, at least, at the moment, our goal should be to continue doing each one of us our own sadhana and keep our own ultimate goal in mind while realizing that this is the immediate task right now right now at the moment this is what we need to do and we need to do it while we continue moving in the direction of our own goal and that ultimate the ultimate goal is alignment with the supreme reality. The relative goal is you need to uh, try to be living the best possible life that you can be for yourself, for your family, for your loved ones, for the people around you. And we have to try to do what we can in our own way, however small, to move the human race in the right direction.